Psalm chapter 40, verse number four. The Bible says, blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you again for the opportunity to be in your house, Lord. Um, God, we just pray you would please use this message, Lord, that you would help me to communicate it clearly. God, that you would get it across to these guys, that they would understand it. But God, deeper than that, that they'd be challenged by it, that God, you'd help us to live it. <clears throat> and God, to see where we need to adjust our lives to it, Lord. Um, please, God, help each guy, Lord. I think this is vital. I think this is important because it comes from you. And, Lord, I pray you would please just get a hold of our attention and help us to follow what you say today. Um, please, Lord, help us to hear your voice through the preaching, Lord. Make us more like you. And, Lord, help us to love you more as a result of it. We love you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you for standing. Guys, here in Psalm chapter 40, what's going on? David is writing this chapter. David, in this chapter, is recounting how God had brought him out of a horrible situation. Um, I'll read the first three verses, make some quick comments, and then we'll jump into our main verse that we're dealing with. Verse number one, it says, he, David says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Guys, first of all, there's a durable prayer. What I mean by that is, notice what he says. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. What the indication is, guys, he's saying, George, I prayed this once, and I didn't get an answer. So I continued at it. I stayed at it. I continued to pray. I continued to beg God and ask God. And he said, I waited patiently for the Lord. God, I need your help. God, I need your help. God, I need your help. And he kept going after it, guys. And then he says, and the Lord uh, inclined unto him and heard his cry. As he continued to be persistent with it and to continue and be consistent, God heard his prayer. Hey, guys, sometimes God will do that with us. But God's trying to teach us to stay at it and to stay faithful with it. So he had a durable prayer. Verse number two, he had a deliverance that was powerful. Great verse here, guys. He said, God brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. Notice he says, David says, I didn't do this to myself. He's saying he brought me up. Guys, the picture is David was down in a pit. This pit was muddy and slimy and nasty, and he couldn't get out of there himself. Every time he would try to climb up, he'd slide right back down to the bottom. He's saying, I couldn't get out of there, but God brought me out of that. God pulled me out of that. God picked me up and brought me out of that. And notice this. He took him from that place that was slippery footing and gave him solid footing. He says he set me upon a rock. He gave me some stability. He gave me some steadiness in my life. Guys, this should bring to your mind when you got saved. This should bring to your mind times in your life when God got you out of a bad situation, got you back on the right track. He pulled you out of that pit. He put you on solid ground. Guys, he gave you some firmness and some steadiness in your life. I'm glad about that in the Christian life. We don't have we don't have to ever worry about one day waking up, aiding and finding out that all this is false and all this is fake and that there is no God and that his word is not true. We never have to worry about that because, listen, the Bible says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. Guys, this is true. It always will be true. He's he's always has been and he always will be. We don't have to ever worry about that. Guys, that should bring some comfort and some steadiness to your life. By the way, guys, don't build your life off of the circumstances. Don't build your life off of who's around you, your friends, what they like, their acceptance. Build your life on what's solid. You know what's what's solid? God Amen. and his truth. Right. It'll never change. So you can build your life on that. If you build your life on that, 
You're never going to be let down. You're never going to be ashamed. And it says he established my goings. He got me going in the right direction. And after God delivered David, he prayed and prayed and prayed and God delivered him. He brought him up and he set him on solid ground and he got him going in the right direction. What does David do? He declares praise. Verse number three, he says, he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Guys, listen, guys, I think we fall short of this a lot of times. I do as well. When God does do something for us and we pray and we ask God to help us and then God delivers us. Make sure you tell God and other people about it. Tell God, thank you. Thank you for doing that for me. But also, guys, we should tell people and praise God and say, God did this for me. God brought me out of this. This wasn't a coincidence. This wasn't just, it just happened that way. God did that for me. That's praising God. He says, God put a new song in my mouth. You know what that song was? Praise unto our God. Guys. Do you ever tell anybody else what God has done for you? That's what David's saying. And notice, guys, at the end of verse 3, I want you to follow me with this. When he praised God, he was testifying. He was telling other people about what God had done. Notice their reaction to it. He says, many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. There's an effect. Hey, guys, listen. Maybe God has done something for you in your life. Listen, listen. If you don't say something about it, Somebody else may not be helped because you closed your mouth about it. We don't think of it like that. We think, oh, man, everybody's going to look at me. It's going to be embarrassing. Don't worry about that. If God has done something for you and he's put on your heart to say something about you do that because you never know. It's amazing to me how when we do testimonies, Kevin, there's always somebody that identifies with somebody that you never would have realized. Some quiet guy that doesn't say much, he gets up and tells how God saved him and he helped him. And some other guy in the room, he says, man, I can identify with that. I get that. Listen, guys, because God doesn't just change preachers or people that have grown up in church. Listen, I'm glad that our God can help all kinds of people. He can change all kinds of people and he can take people that used to be away from him and they are now his children and they walk close to him. Amen. Guys, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And he doesn't just do that in certain areas or to certain skin colors or to certain financial statuses. He does that for everybody. Right. And when they hear it from you, some people say, you know what? Because of you testifying, I'm going to trust in it too. Amen. Verse, the end of verse 3 is our transition though. He's saying, many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. When I praise God, other people are going to trust, trust in the Lord. That word trust is what we pick up in the next verse. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Hey guys, David testifies in verse number three saying, God did this for me. God brought me out of this terrible situation. Guys, we don't necessarily know with certainty what he was referring to, but you know the life of David. He had a lot of difficult situations in his life. He could have been referring to his battle with Goliath. He could have been referring to Uh, Being on the run away from Saul, he could have been referring to his son rebelling against him. Absalom could have been a lot of different situations. It could have been after his sin with Bathsheba that God brought him back. Maybe he thought he would never get out of that guilt and he would never get out of that shame. But God brought him out and still used him, even though we know he had consequences. God still used him and got him back on track. But he says, you know, when that happens... He's saying, I'm testifying about how good God is. But then he turns the attention to us. Verse number four, he says, blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. He's basically saying, I've held up my end. Now it's your turn. Guys, verse four broadens it out. So far, we've been talking about 
God did something for David. God brought him out of a bad situation, a horrible pit, miry clay. He set his feet on a rock. He did something great for David. But you know what? He broadens it out now. You know what, guys? He's talking to everybody in the room now in verse number four. He's not just saying, this is my experience. He's saying, hey, now it's your turn. And you can do it too. And I can do it too. Hey, guys, this is available and attainable for every single guy sitting in this room right now. It's there for you for the taking, but it's up to you to go after it. And guys, this is what I want to speak on today. Stay on track. Amen. Stay on track. Listen, whether you're new to this class, Bruce, all right, last week, all right, whether you're new to this class, stay on track. Listen, whether you've been in here a while, stay on track. Hey, guys, you may be an older guy. Maybe you're graduating out of this class soon. Stay on track, though. There's no excuse to get away from God. There's no excuse to turn your back on him, to get lax and lazy with things. Stay on track. Hey, when you become an adult young man, stay on track. Hey, when you're a single young guy, stay on track. When you get married one day, stay on track. Listen, when you're a married man, stay on track. When you're a father one day, stay on track. I don't know past that. What happens after that? When you're a senior citizen, stay on track. When you're a senior citizen, get a wheelchair. Then stay on track. All right, listen. Hey, guys, you need to stay on track in your life. I think verse number four are a couple key ingredients to that. I think if you get these things locked in your life, you listening, these things locked into your life, it'll help you stay on track. Because, listen, I don't want to just get in your face and say, stay on track. You're thinking, how? All right? The Bible tells us how. It'll show us what we need to do. And you know what it really deals with? Um, having respect for certain things. I'll explain that as we go. But how to stay on track. Guys, we want you to stay on track in your life, a life that stays on track. How do we do that? Two points. First of all, this, it says, blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. Guys, you want to stay on track? First of all, there needs to be repeated reliance, Amen. repeated reliance. Notice the beginning of verse number four with me. I want you to follow along. We'll try to get to the point with this. But guys, we want you to lock this into your life. You want to have a life? Hey, 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 time out. You want to have a life that stays on track or you want to? Six months from now, not come to church anymore. Mm. A year from now, get a girl pregnant. Be hanging out with friends that you know are wrong. Maybe you're smoking drugs two years from now and messing around with things that you know you have no business doing. It. How does it happen? How does it happen? How does it happen? Because guys just go a little at yeah. a time. They go further and further and further into it. They're saying, I'm fine. I can go back whenever I want. That's not the case, guys. You better get serious about these things today. Hey, you know how you want to... Uh, Stay on track. Make the decision today. I never want to get away from it. Have you made that decision? Have you guys personally, for yourself, gone to God and said, God, I want to stay faithful to you? Because by the way, guys, the Christian life is not you're staying faithful to me or you're staying faithful to your bus captain or you're staying faithful to your friend. You are staying faithful to God directly. He died for you. Okay? And you need to stay faithful to him. There needs to be repeated reliance. There needs to be repeated reliance. Hey, guys, you want to stay on track? This is how you should live. And this is also should be the type of people that you look up to. Yeah. Okay? Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. Let's dive into this. Repeated reliance. First of all, he doubles down. He's saying, blessed is that man. Hey, guys, you know what he's saying? You know what he's saying? He's saying, if no one else does, if no one else trusts in God, I want to trust in God. Amen. Hey, guys, if your best friend doesn't trust in God, how about you? Hey, I'm just, I usually don't do this, but I'm just going to call it out. Listen, Chris, if Aiden doesn't trust God, you should. If I don't trust God, you should. If Zach doesn't trust God, you should. That's what we're talking about, guys. You know, we're very, we, we get very swayed by what everybody else does. 
Hey, you guys are going to New Manor in a month from now, and we're praying that that goes well. But listen, let's not just get caught up in the flow of it. Make sure you're doing what you're doing because you love God, and you want to stay faithful to him for yourself. Because sometimes we're not banging anybody, but sometimes it's just, hey, everybody does this, I'll do it. Everybody stops doing this, I'll stop doing it. Guys, that's not pleasing to God. He says, blessed is that man. He's saying, if no one else does, I still will. It reminds me of Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You know what it's saying? He has to make these decisions on his own. Blessed is that man. Sometimes you might have to stand alone. Yeah. That's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. But guys, if you're doing it for God, it's worth it. And God will bless you for that. And God will be there with you the entire time. He doubles down on it. Blessed is that man. Hey, guys, will you be that man? I want to be that man. He's saying, blessed is that man. And then not only does he double down on it, it's decided. He says that maketh the Lord his trust. You see that? That maketh the Lord his trust. Do you see that in the verse? Blessed is that man that maketh. You know what that word maketh means? It's your choice. It's your choice. Hey, guys, you know what I think we get the wrong idea about very often? Zach, we think, guys think, okay, a a difficult situation hits my life. And Kevin, I am just waiting. I'm just waiting in that difficult situation. God forbid this happens, but maybe somebody in your family gets sick. Maybe a difficulty comes and hits you really hard. It's like some guys are waiting for this warm, fuzzy feeling to come over them. And as soon as that happens, then they'll trust God. Mm -hmm. Can I tell you guys, you're not going to have some warm, fuzzy feeling. Okay? If, if, if in that middle of that difficult situation, I could just see a sign in the sky. Hey guys, this isn't Batman. I know we were talking about that earlier. You don't see the, you know, oh, I need to trust God. There's not going to be a reminder in the sky. Yeah. Hey guys, you know how you trust God? You know how you do it? You decide to trust God before the battle shows up. And then when the battle shows up, you follow through with it. You hear that? That's how you trust God. Hey, guys, if you want to trust God this week, then you find out what the word of God says. Like, for instance, don't lust after girls. All right. You find that from Matthew chapter five. And then when you face the battle this week, you remind yourself of that and you follow through. You obey what God says. That's how you trust God. That's how I trust God. Hey, guys, if you want to trust God, make up your mind, decide it from the beginning on purpose and follow through with it. Guys, that's how you trust God. That's why it's so vital to get in the word of God. That's why it's so vital to get his strength and his help every single day. Because I can't stand for God in and of myself and neither can you. We're not strong enough. But God can help us. His Holy Spirit lives within us. So, guys, decide. Make the Lord your trust. You don't just hit into a hard situation and say, oh, yeah, right, right. I'm going to trust God. You know why the three boys didn't bow? Because they decided ahead of time not to bow. You know how Daniel stayed faithful and kept praying to God even when they passed a law that you couldn't pray to any to any uh, God at that time? You know how he did it? Because he kept, just kept doing what he has always done. He had character. He had consistency. Guys, if you want to trust God this week, make up your mind to do it and then do it. All right? That's how we do it. It's a decision. He decided to make the Lord his trust. And guys, it's direct. He's saying, I've made the Lord my trust. He's, guys, he's not, he's not going through his free trial of Christianity. He's not, he's not doing the taste test of, of see how the Christian life will work. Guys, he's saying, I'm making God my trust. I'm putting, I'm putting my full trust in him. My mind is made up. I'm committed to him. And he says, I know who you are. And guys, I think this is key. I think this is key. 
um, just in the chapter. Look at the beginning of verse number 17, the last verse of the chapter. The first line, he's saying, but I am poor and needy. I am poor and needy. That's David speaking. Don't forget. Guys, what does that mean? I know that sounds very simple, but I want you to break that apart. I am poor and needy. What's that mean? But it's like he said something. He has to follow through. <laughs> Got anything? That's fine. That's fine. Chris? Like, um, he's struggling and he needs, like, somebody to help him. Good. Good. That's a good start. I think there's more to it, though. Good. Okay. You might have, like, earthly material possessions, but, you know, spiritually starving and he's not, you know, spiritually rich. Right. Right. Anything else you guys have? He's in a bad time in his life and he's seeking help. Good. Yeah. Very good. Guys, get this. He's saying, I'm poor and needy. First of all, he's saying, I have a need. I kind of flip him around. He's saying, I have a need, right? There's something lacking in my life. I need strength. I need courage. I need peace. Whatever it is. I, I need something. But then he says he's poor. Guys, what does that mean? He has no resources to fix it in and of himself, right? If the guy's on the side of the road, it's because he doesn't have any money to buy food, right? You get me? He's saying, I'm poor and needy. As Kevin was talking about, David physically was loaded. He's not talking about he didn't have enough cash, you know. He needs he needed a, a, a somebody to sell him some money real quick. That's not what he's talking about. All right. He's saying I'm poor and needy spiritually. God, I have this need, and then he's saying I'm poor. I can't fix it in and of myself, guys. You know what that means to me? Here's the sub point. He was desperate. He was desperate, desperate. You know what he's saying? God, I need you, and only you, only you can fix this. Nobody else. He's saying, I can't go to my friends and fix this. I can't go to my bank account and, and throw some money at the problem and fix this. I can't come up with some strategy and, and being the king and being the main leader of this nation. I can't fix this any other way. I can't make some alliance with some other nation and fix this problem. He's saying, I'm poor and needy. Guys, he's desperate. I have to have you, God. You're not a fallback. Hey, guys, don't forget in the New Testament, that's why Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Hey, guys. I know sometimes we're joking around, but when you're searching for a job, when you're searching for the right girl in your life, when you're asking for God's direction, do you have a fallback or is God really, are you really desperate for God's help? Because that, I, I wonder sometimes if we kind of set all our plans and we organize them all up and then if they don't work, then we'll say, oh God, help me. Can I tell you, that's not how the Christian life should be. Hello? Yeah. It should be, God, I've got to have your help. Hey, guys, listen, you're not going to find the right girl by making the money. You're not going to find the right girl by your style or your swag or whatever you think you have. You're going to find the right girl by God leading you to her. But some of us are like, no, let me just work all these other. And I'm not against you making money. And I'm not against I'm not saying you should look shabby and slack when you walk in here. You know, your clothes are ripped. And I'm saying, praise God. What a godly God. No, that's not godly. All right. That's just a little off. All right. But listen. It's fine to be stylish. It's fine to, to, to have those things, to try to have some class and all that kind of stuff. But guys, who are you really trusting in? That's what I'm saying. Who are you really trusting in? Is it, yeah, I know how to tell the jokes. Your jokes aren't going to help you with that. Oh, dude, I got some money. I've been working. Well, that's great. But that can't fix your problem. I like that David, even though he had money and even though he had prestige and though he, even though he had majesty, he said, I'm not trusting in those things. God, I'm poor and needy. I got to have you. Guys, is that our attitude? Are you desperate for that? Are you desperate for that? Hey, guys, I watched some of you guys play basketball last week. 
when you're desperate for that victory, that's when you play your hardest, right? That's when you're going all out and you're giving it everything you got because you, you want that victory. You crave it. Hey, guys, do we ever flip that to the most important area of life and say, God, I got to have you. I got to have you. Guys, listen, I just became a father last week. Thank God. But you know what? I need God's blessing on my family. I need his help. I need his direction. I need him to give me wisdom. Zach, I can't find that through some parenting book. I can't, I can't find, uh, find that through YouTube, watching a bunch of uh, videos on there. i got to get that from God. Only God can give that to me. Hey, guys, what in your life are you desperate for from God? Saying, God, I've got to live for you. I've got to get right with you. I've got to be close to you. God, you've got to make me into a soul winner. God, I'm, guys, when I was 17 years old, I got serious with God, really, for the first time in my life. And you know, I said, God, I've got to learn this book. God, I've got to have you answer my prayers. God, I've got to have you prove yourself to me. God, I've got to have you. Can I tell you, that's when I really got to know God for the first time in my life in a, in a greater way than I ever had before. Hey, guys, it's worth it if you go after it. Hello? Sometimes we're not going after it, though. The Bible says, you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Are you desperate? Are you desperate? Are you, do you have all your other plans? And then if those fall apart, oh, God, help me. Come on, man. As Christians, we need to be desperate for his help. Let's not make him a fallback. Let's make him the priority in our lives. He doubles down on it. He says, blessed is that man. He's decided. He made the Lord his trust. He decides on purpose and then he follows it through. He's making the Lord his trust. He's very direct about it and he's desperate. He's saying, I'm poor and needy. A couple more ideas here. He's saying that make it the Lord his trust. Hey guys, he's saying that I'm going to trust in God. But when he says I'm going to make the Lord my trust, what it means is this. He's the one I go to time and time again. Okay, he's saying God holds this position in my life. It means this, Aiden, whenever I have a need, I don't have to wonder about where I'm going to go. God already holds that position in my life. Kevin, I don't have to think, what am I going to do? Who am I going to call? What am I? How am I going to fix my problem here? He's saying God holds that position in my life. He's my trust. Not that I trusted him one time five years ago. Not when my friends had a problem. I, I, I prayed to him a, a six months ago. He's saying, no, every time I face a problem, he's my trust. Guys, don't get it mistaken. He's saying when I was out there on the battlefield, the Valley of Elah, 1 Samuel 17, I wasn't trusting in my slingshot. I wasn't trusting in my skill or my agility. I was trusting in God. He's saying when things were falling apart in my life, I was trusting in God. When I got on the throne, I was trusting in God. When I was making decisions, I'm trusting in God. When I'm fighting these battles, I'm trusting in God. You see what I'm saying? Over and over and over and over and over again. Guys, you want to have a life that stays on track? I hope we do. You want to stay on track in your teens and your 20s and your 30s and so forth? Do you repeatedly rely on God? Hey, guys, when things hit your life, who are you relying on? When you're making decisions in your life, who are you relying on? Guys, I hope we make this up in our mind saying, God, I need to go to you. And as I said, we've got to decide that before the problem hits. But when the problem hits, remind ourselves and follow through with it. Hey, guys, I have to face myself sometimes. And when a problem hits my life, say, hey, you know that God you preach about all the time? All right, it's time to trust him now. Amen. Hey, this, this is crunch time. This is go time. Now it's time to live these things that you preach. Let's be desperate for him and let's be dedicated. He is my trust. He's the one I go to time and time and time again. He holds that position in my life. This is not a one-time thing. 
Guys, and he's saying, this is what I need. I continually go to him. I don't I don't want to get away from him or stray from him in any way. This it reminds me of this verse, Psalm 71, 3. He says, be thou my strong habitation. Get this whereunto I may continually resort. You know what he's saying? God, you're my fortress. You're my stronghold. But God, I don't just run in you one time. I continually resort. That means continually hide out, continually go there. When I face a problem, I trust in God. When I, when I go through a valley, I trust in God. When I face some enemies, I trust in God. When people start talking about me, I trust in God. When I face confusion, I trust in God. You see what I mean, guys? You say, both Tom, you're just repeating yourself over and over and over. I know, guys. But in life, you're going to have to repeatedly trust in God over and over and over and over. Listen, you can be a good guy when you're 15 and be away from God at 16. That's what I'm saying. You feel me? You understand what I'm saying? Listen, you've got to continue to do it. You may have have been a great guy a few years ago. How about now? Hmm. Are you trusting God now? And if you're doing good now, you've got to continue with that on into the future. He's saying over the long haul. God is my trust in all kinds of different varied situations. God is my trust. And guys, on purpose, I left this out. What's the first word of verse number four? Blessed. 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 What does that mean? Does anybody know? What does that mean? Happy. Happy. Guys, you will delight if God is your trust. Hey, guys, let me ask you. When a problem hits your life. Who are you trusting in? You don't have to answer out loud. I just want you to think. Think. Take it seriously. Are you, man, I'm going to go to my friends and try to get some help. Hey, guys, your first option needs to be God. I'm not against you talking to friends. I'm not against you talking to family. But do you really trust in him? Are you really desperate for his help? I really wonder, Zach, if if we just have guys that, listen, you're not bad guys, but you just go through a routine and you're not really trusting God. I remember you preached, what was it, Mark 5, about, I believe, the woman with the issue of blood. She was desperate. She had no other option. She had gone to all the doctors. She had spent all her money. Nothing worked. She said, she heard about Jesus and saying, i got to get to him. And when she touched Jesus' garment, her life was completely changed forever. She was desperate. Are we desperate? No, I'm a church kid. My family's got enough. We're okay. We're comfortable. Hey, young man. Don't get comfortable in your Christian life. Get desperate in your Christian life. You want God to prove himself to you? Get desperate. Get desperate. Yeah. You say, I don't even know what you're talking about. It'll help you one day if you take my advice. Get desperate in your Christian life. Say, God, I need you. I don't want to just come to church and go through the routine. God, I need you to speak to me. I don't want to just read my Bible every day because I have to. God, I need you to speak to me. Get desperate. God, I need you to answer this prayer. God, I need you to direct my life. You do that, guys? God will show up. He says, blessed, delight. You will gain that delight. You want that? Everybody wants to be happy. You know how you do it? By making the Lord your trust over and over and over. You trust him. All right. You want to stay on track? You got to have repeated reliance. Point number two and last. You have to have refused respect. Refused respect. Verse number four. Blesses that man and make it the Lord his trust. He repeatedly relies on God. And notice the last part of the verse. This is very interesting to me. And respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. That's very interesting, guys. He's saying, if you want to have a life that stays on track, first of all, you need to continually rely on God. Situation after situation after situation. Keep going to Him. Every struggle, every hardship, go to God. When things are good, trust in God. When things are bad, trust in God. Stay, stay there. Stay strong. Hey, guys, let's be consistent. But then he says, you know what else will help you? 
refuse respect. You say, what are you talking about? The verse says, respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Fellas, can I tell you nowadays, it's very popular, even among Christian guys, to respect the proud and those that turn aside to lies. You say, I don't know what that's talking about. Hopefully you will in the next few moments. But can I tell you, it's widespread. It's very common. It's rampant. But you know what? That causes a problem in many of our lives. I hope we'll learn from this refused respect. You know what happens, guys? I think we get impressed by people. Maybe they have a certain skill, a certain ability. Maybe they can do something that we can't do. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Maybe they're funny. Maybe maybe they're good with the girls. I don't know. They have some kind of skill. And you're over there like, man, I wish I could do that. And you're impressed by that. But you know what happens? Because you're impressed by that, they become more important to you. And then you know what happens? They start influencing you. Hey guys, this is an extreme example, but I'm going to start here and I'm going to try to work it back as we continue through the message. Listen, I think most of you guys like watching sports in here. So do I, right? You like soccer or football or basketball or baseball. That's cool. I like watching it too. But you know, guys, and this is not a, a fantastic statement, but listen, we marvel at what some of those guys can do on a field or on a court. But we don't want to be like them in their personal lives. Yeah. At least I hope you don't. If you do, bro, put it on the altar today. All right? Listen, because a lot of those guys' personal lives are jacked up. Yeah. Listen, they can score 30 on a basketball court, but they can't keep a marriage. Mm. They can't stay faithful to their wife. They got kids from five different women, ten different women. That's, that's not good. You don't want to follow that. Okay? But we watch them in that area and we think, wow, man, that's amazing. Guys, some of these dudes, they, they're great on the basketball court, and then they want to start talking about politics. And I'm saying, shut up. I don't care. Listen, when you got a basketball, okay, you're important. When you start talking, well, I want to talk about today's political agenda, I don't care. I turn it off. I, that, that means nothing to me. You shoot a basketball for a living, and now you want to rule the world. Like, be quiet. I, I don't care because you have no authority in that realm. So that's an extreme example. But, guys, I think we can do that in other areas of life, too. Hey, maybe some friend in our friend that goes to school with us, man, he's good at this or he's good at that. But he becomes important to us, and then he starts influencing us. And Zach, maybe he is good on the basketball court, but he's not a good Christian. And we let that affect us, and we let that influence us. And we start doing what he does, not just on the basketball court, but how we live our personal lives. Guys, that's dangerous. That's dang- That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man, maybe this girl is pretty, and because she's pretty, that impresses you, and she becomes important to you. But, guys, maybe she's not living for the Lord. I'm telling you, that will lead you astray. Hello, hello, hello. Refused respect. Hey, guys, you want to stay on track in your Christian life? You want to stay faithful over the long haul in your teens, in your 20s, in your 30s, and on? You make the Lord your trust. Repeatedly rely on him. And number two, refuse respect. You know what I'm saying, guys? This is it. You need to say this in your own life. I'm not going to view with honor somebody who lives contrary to God. Did you hear that? Did you get that? Are you asleep? Okay, wake up. I'm not going to view with honor someone that lives contrary to God. Hey, guys, they may go to this church. They may be sitting in this room. They may go to your school. They may be in your neighborhood. They may be in your family. But do you lift them up because they're good at a certain thing? But because of that, they influence in you, they influence in, they influence you in other areas of life that are getting you farther away from God. Guys, that is a dangerous game to play. Right. Refuse respect. Hey guys, guys, you should not 
lift up. You should not. The word respect here means to turn the attention to, to admire, to regard highly, to respect, to honor, to, to put, give someone a high standing, a pedest, put them on a pedestal in your life. He's saying, don't give respect to those that are proud or those that turn aside to lies. Guys, in your life, do you give respect to people that are living opposite of what God wants? Mm -hmm. Refuse that respect. Refuse it respect. You know why? Because if you don't, that will influence you. And you'll start disrespecting God in your own life. You say, like who? Who should I uh, not respect? And who should I not honor? Guys, the verse tells us. Respecteth not the proud. First of all, the self-exalted people. Hey guys, listen, this is what I'm saying. If there's somebody that you know, or somebody online, or somebody on the TV, and all they're doing all the time is promoting themselves, talking about how great they are, they're the greatest thing uh, since, the in, since the invention of the world, and they got it all down, and they're the best of this, and they're the best of that. Guys, they're broadcasting the fact that they're proud. You know what the Bible says? Pride goeth before destruction. Yeah. The Bible says you lift yourself up, you're going down. Right. Hey, guys, if you have a friend like that and he's always talking about that, I would do two things. Number one, I would say, bro, you need to humble yourself down because you are not all that. <laughs> and if he doesn't listen to that, you know what I would do? Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Sound like Brother Charles. Watch me now. All right. Listen, you know what you should do? Step away. Yeah. Because when God's lightning bolt comes down on him figuratively, I don't want to be in the vicinity. Yeah. I don't want to get singed. I don't want to be standing next to him. Yeah, he's my friend. And you know what I'm saying? I don't want that to happen to me. Because listen, God promises you lift yourself up, you're going down. When he goes down, George, I don't want to go down with him. And listen, you should warn him first and tell him to stop acting like that. But when they refuse that, that person doesn't get my respect. The self-exalted people. He says, respecteth not the proud. Hey guys, Proverbs 16.5 says, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination unto God. You know what an abomination is? It's disgusting to God. Brother Tom, it's 2023. Everybody's got to promote themselves. If you don't promote yourself, nobody's going to buy your product. Nobody's going to believe in you. Nobody's going to give you a chance. Nobody's going to see you as important if you don't view yourself as important. Guys. You know what God says? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. Yeah. We should be humble. That doesn't mean we're a doormat, but we should realize anything good that we do in our life, it's because of God. If God doesn't help us, we can't do anything. That's the Bible, guys. That's clear cut. Self-exalted people. Hey, guys, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination unto the Lord. Proverbs 16 or Proverbs 6 verses 16 through 18 are the... Um, these six things that the Lord hates, yea, seven are abomination to him. You know, the first one, things that God hates, a proud look, a proud look. Always got their head up looking at you. He said, God says, I hate that. Hey, guys, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that in Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You again, you lift yourself up. God says the fall is coming. You're going down very soon. And Jesus said twice in Luke 14, 11, and then 18, 14 of Luke. He's saying, he that exalteth himself shall be abased, but he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You know what I'm saying? Again, I keep saying this, but you lift yourself up. God says, I will put you down. Yeah. God says, you put yourself down, I'll lift you up. It's your choice. Mm -hmm. So guys, do you have, well, let me start with this. Are you proud? Are you proud? Maybe you need to repent of pride in your own heart. We all struggle with it. 
Repent of it in your own heart. Do you hang around people that are proud? Hey, how about this? Do you follow on social media those that are proud? Do you listen to songs from those that are proud? Do you have friends that defy authority, that dishonor their parents, that practice foolishness? Do you watch TV shows of those that are proud? Hey, guys, a lot of these athletes, they want to talk about how great they are. That, that is repulsive to me, guys. When they start talking about how great they are, I'm like, no, dude. Again, I like you on the, on the, on the ball court, but once you start talking like that, no, I don't want to hear it because you're not all that. Hey, guys, listen, I'm not against any of those people. But you know they're within one injury, injury of their career being over. Yeah. Everything they have is from God. So that's why we should be humble and be thankful and not strut around like we earned it. Self-exalted people. And guys, let me give you the last one. He's saying don't give respect to those that are proud and to those that turn aside to lies. I call that those that suddenly exit for perversion. They turn aside to lies. Guys, this is what it tells me. They used to be faithful, I believe. It says they turn aside. You can't turn aside unless you were on the right track at some point. Okay? They were on the right track and then they turned aside to lies. Something caught their fancy. Something got their attention. They used to be faithful, but they forsook it at some point. Because something dangled in front of them that was flashy. It reminds me of Demas in the New Testament. Demas hath forsaken Paul, he says... Having loved this present world. Kevin, he was so-called serving God, but something dangled in front of his eyes. And Demas thought, oh, I want that. He turned aside to lies. Hey, guys, you know, if a guy has done right over time, but then he diverts from that. Guys, you shouldn't give respect to that. You shouldn't give respect to that. Hey, you can love the guy, you can pray for him, you can want him to come back, but if he's turned aside to lies, you say, man, listen, I can't follow you into that. Hey, man, you used to be really important to me. I used to look up to you. I used to respect you and admire you, but now you're turning aside to lies. No, man, I'm not doing You say, what would be an example of that? A guy that used to be faithful, that now he's clicking on porn. Mm. I can't respect that. I can't be a friend to somebody like that. I can pray for them and pray they repent of their sin and get back, but I can't respect that. Hey, guys, and you shouldn't respect that. Is there a friend? Is there someone in your life that you know they're not living for God, but they're influencing you? And because they're good at this or they're good at that, you think, man, but I look up to them in this regard of my life. Guys, it's not worth it. They used to be faithful to church, but now they skip all the time. They're turning aside the lies. They're turning aside the lies. Hey, guys, I hear it all the time. People say, but come on, brother Tom. I mean, these people in the world are so popular. Hey, guys, they may be popular, but do they trust God? That's my question. Brother Tom, they've got thousands of followers. They've got millions of followers. Great. Do they trust God? And if they don't trust God, do you give respect to them? That's what I'm saying. Do you admire them? Do you look up to them? Hey, guys, we need to be real about this. Listen. I get it. I just already explained. There's athletes that I like how they play. But in their personal lives, guys, they live like pigs. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't look up to that. If you like their their moves on the court or how they shoot or how they can hit that ball or throw that ball or catch that ball or how they run or whatever. Great. But their personal lives are a whole different story. Well, Tom, they're popular. They have a lot of followers. Man, man, the, the girls like them. They're funny. They're talented. I mean, they can bench this much. They have this skill. They, they make a lot of money. They're intellectual. They're, they're all about this. They're tough, man. Everybody looks up to them. Hey, guys, 
If they're not living for God, you shouldn't respect them. That's what I'm saying today. Do you? Do you? Because you know what? Listen, I'm not trying to slap anybody around, but I think there's guys in this room right now. You're giving to respect to people that are living totally contrary to God. And then we wonder why you're so influenced and you have such a hard time living for God. Because you're allowing all these things to pull you away. You're allowing all these things to entangle you to be more important than what God says. Hey, guys, if you have a friend that you know when a tight spot comes by, they're going to lie. You shouldn't have a friend like that. They're turning aside the lies. They're telling lies, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a friend that they're turning aside, they're, they're not living for God anymore. It's not a big deal to them anymore. You shouldn't follow a person like that. You shouldn't be with a person like that. Man, I know some people, oh, this guy's so intellectual, but he's not saved. Why am I letting him influence me? Hey, guys, some girls dress immodestly. They got the Proverbs 710. They dress in the attire of a harlot. But in our world, Kevin, that's that's the desired thing. Yeah. If a girl puts all of her clothes on, what's wrong with her? Takes half of them off. The world says, oh, that's important. Mm. Hey, guys, let me tell you something that can influence you. Yeah. Well, everybody, th- I don't care what everybody thinks. What does God say? God said that stuff will be punished. You know, in our culture, if a guy has a bunch of tattoos, how is he viewed? That's tough, right? Guys, the Bible says you shouldn't put marks on your flesh. Leviticus 19. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's not something that deserves respect. Dude, dude, you see that guy? That dude's all inked up, tatted up. Dude, that guy's got earrings everywhere. Got them in his ears, his nose. His tongue, that's nasty. I don't know. How do you eat? You know, I got a lot of questions. Got him in his eyebrows, his eyeballs. I mean, he's got him everywhere. Man, he's tough. No, I'm sorry. He's stupid. All right. In my opinion, maybe he doesn't know God. Maybe he needs to get saved and get rid of that stuff when God opens his eyes to it. But listen, guys, we shouldn't give respect to that. We have guys that say they're Christians. I love Jesus. But then this kind of stuff. No, but Brother Tom, that's a real man. No, it's not, guys. A girl with half her clothes on is not a real woman. Right. She's cheap. You following me today? We shouldn't give respect to stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be harsh and slap people around and say we're better than everybody. I'm just saying we have young Christian guys that are giving respect to ungodliness. Oh, but Brother Tom, he promotes himself all the time. He's proud. He's going down. Don't give respect to it. Hey, guys, let me finish with this again. Are you following somebody on social media that's proud? Let's turn aside the lies. But, but Brother Zach, they got so many followers. I mean, come on, man. But they're living contrary to God. Why are we following them? Why do we let them influence us? I mean, this girl's so pretty. I mean, come on, man. She's not living for God. She, she, she's not even trying to live for God at all. Why are we letting that influence us? We have friends that they don't listen to what authority says. The Bible says obey them to have the rule over you. Hebrews 13, 17. They don't do that. But man, he's so funny. It's not funny when the teacher tells him to do something and he blows it off, guys. It's not. It's not. Oh, no. The whole class cracks up. Great. The whole class is acting pretty dumb then. Don't you be dumb. Brother Tom, don't be so blunt. Be nicer. Wear your Olstein 7s next time. No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you straight. I'm going to tell you straight. I'm not trying to be blunt. I'm not trying to be hurtful. But I am trying to tell you straight, guys. We've got to listen to it. He dishonors his parents. He practices foolishness. What does the Bible say? A companion of fools shall be destroyed. You want to be in that group that's destroyed? Get away from the fools, man. And a fool is not somebody that doesn't have the mental capabilities. It's somebody that knows what the Bible says. And get this, willingly goes the other way. 
Oh, I see what God says, but no, nah, I ain't doing that. That's a fool in God's eyes. Yeah. Are you following them? Are you hanging out with them? Do you watch TV shows of those that celebrate disobedience? Hmm. Hey, guys, you know, a lot of TV shows, the, the kids are uh, 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 disrespecting, back-talking their parents. And what do you hear in the background of the TV show? You know, go clean your room. You do it! And what do you hear in the background? Ha, 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 That's not so funny. It's, it's lifted up in this culture. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Don't let your parents push you around. Guys, the Bible says honor your parents. Uh, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, Ephesians 6. Hey, guys, we need to follow what God says. Let's not give respect to those things. Hey, guys, let's not admire those things. Hey, he may be good on the basketball court. He may tell some funny jokes. The girls may like him, and they're acting pretty dumb if they do. And all these other kind of things that I've taught you. But guys, if they're not living for God, we shouldn't give them respect. Guys, I'm saying somebody that's not living for God is not worthy of your respect. You know who you should respect around here? Our pastor, Brother Brother Bob, Brother Mike Hembree out there. Mm -hmm. I I saw him walking in today. He's walking down to the buses with a cane. He's been sick for years and we've been praying for him. But he's struggling physically, guys. But he goes out there and works on those buses every week in the freezing cold and the blazing sun of, of summer. He's out there serving God. That man deserves respect. Amen. Yeah. Not these idiots. Listen, guys, some of you are more influenced by some rapper or some actor or some athlete. Dude, he's got style. He's got swag. You see all the girls he's got? Guys, he's ruining his life. He's probably not even saved. He's probably on his way to hell. But even by the by the long chance that he is, he's living totally against God. And we say, oh, I want to be like him. Come on now, guys. We got to wake up. Yeah. The Bible says, let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Surely there is an end. And thine expectation shall not perish. You know what it's saying? They're going down. Why are we following them? Hmm. Hey, guys. Choose to have godly friends in your life on purpose. Hey, guys. If there's people in your life that you know they're trying to live for God, on purpose, make them your friend. On purpose, make them your friend. Go up, start talking to them, start getting to know them, and make them your friend. You know why? Because that's a godly person. Let's work at these things, guys. Listen, you want to stay on track? Repeatedly rely on the Lord. Every situation in your life, rely on Him. Rely on Him. Rely on Him. And refuse respect to those that are not going to live for God. Amen. Let's work on them. I think these will help you stay on track. Listen, guys, my desire for everybody in the room is that you stay faithful to the Lord. You have a productive Christian life. You lead people to the Lord. You find God's perfect will for your life. You have a family. You're a you're an honorable husband and an honorable dad one day. Guys, that's my desire for everybody in the room. But you know what? These things will help you get there. Because if you're not relying on God, you're missing the whole point. And guys, if you're allowing people that are living against God to influence you, Kevin, I, I really think this is a key that we miss, we skip over a lot of times. Because we think, no, no, no. I just like the way he does this or that. But we're being influenced. Guys, you're taking the whole the whole package deal. You're not just getting influenced in this area or that. You're getting influenced in a much grander scale. And guys, it's pulling people away from God. Don't give respect to those that are living against God. That's how you stay on track. That's what we need to work on. All right, guys, let's bow our head and close our eyes.